Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out the 2020 NL West preview here on the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Mike Clark of the great Pilot Season Podcast, previewing the National League West for the 2020 season. We go through all five teams, their key ads, their key departures, some matchups, It was a lot of fun to record, and we added a new segment that Mike came up with called the All-Division Team. I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about it, because I want to use it for the other three division previews that we have left, as well as try to figure out something for the regular season. So let me know what you think in the comments, because I think you're going to really like it. But make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG is where you need to follow there, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. And while you're at it, join our Facebook group, join the conversation. We're going to post our all-division teams. If you're on the Facebook group already, you might have seen it, you might have voted on it. But we have a lot of ideas for the 2020 season. I cannot wait to implement them, fine-tune them, but your help goes a long way. But enjoy the episode, guys. Let us know what you think. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, the namesake of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me is a very special guest, he is the host of the Pilot Season Podcast and an avid baseball fan. You may remember he came on last summer to talk about the Yankees-Dodgers series. And he is back on today to talk about the NL West. Please welcome Mike Clark. Mike, how are you, my friend? Man, thank you so much. Uh, always a pleasure to talk with you about anything. You know, TV, movie, reality TV, oh, sports. Yeah. But, you know, it just gives me a, a special feeling when we, we talk about my first love. Uh, and that's baseball, brother. Oh, yeah. I am very excited to jump into this. Um, yeah, NL West, which you know, has produced the Dodgers the last couple of years. But it's always exciting. I feel like every year when we jump into this, there's always some other storyline other than what the Dodgers are going on. Obviously, they uh, they didn't make it to the World Series for the first time since 2017. Or uh, 2016. Um, since they won in two, mm. the NL in 17 and 18. But... You know, we you know we we talked to you back in October, I believe it was, for football. Uh, what have you, what have you thought about though with the MLB offseason and spring training so far? I I appreciate that we're not get we didn't get like a redux of uh, the offseason last year. I'm sure you were quite happy with the end results where you know, you're able to. Uh, sign your, uh, your your boy Bryce, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I didn't like the fact that Harper and Machado were uh, so took so long to sign, and it was kind of like a like a pissing match between the two of them who had signed the bigger contract. Uh, I like that uh, this off season was a lot more business as usual. Uh, you know, discounting all the the hoo ha with the the Astros and the Red Sox and Carlos Beltran. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. As like you said, as nice as it was to get Bryce Harper, and I'm sure Padres fans feel the same way 
to have Manny Machado, maybe not on how he did in 2019, but to have him. Um, and even to go further than that with Kimbrell and, and Keuchel not even being signed anywhere when the season started, the fact that we don't have people just hanging out there waiting for this. And I don't know the, I don't know what the difference was this year. I don't know if it was just that two of the biggest names in baseball weren't sitting out there waiting, and that was the dominoes that needed to fall. But I totally agree with you. The fact that we had trades, we had big names sign, you know, at relatively normal times in the off season was was awesome. And and even though there are some other clouds, the hoo ha that you mentioned, I still feel like, you know, it's business as usual. We're we're moving and shaking through spring training as we we always do. Obviously, uh, in the greater scheme, it's one of my favorite two weeks of the year of college basketball championship week, and then the first week of March Madness, but. To be able to throw on that, maybe throw on a spring training game at Thursday at noon next week, you can't really beat it. Oh no, I, you know I'm 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 excited for these games to count again very mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I feel like uh, spring training is you get so excited for pitchers and catchers, and then you get excited for like the first game, and uh, you know uh, my my experience as a Yankee fan, uh, I'm just. You know, I, I'm ready for real game action and not to just read every day about, oh, Stanton's hurt. Oh, Judge is hurt. Oh, Gary Sanchez might have the coronavirus. Oh, jeez. Uh, thankfully, he uh, was – it's just the regular flu, guys. Yeah. Like, it's not the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, man. That would be – man, that would put like, – because there's obviously all the news within the sporting world of the coronavirus. Obviously, globally, there's a ton of different stuff with how, you know, anything, pick a topic and it's affecting it. But – you know the limited, excuse me, limited availability of press going into locker rooms. That it seems like MLB's jumping into that now. Man, if a player actually contracted it, that would, if any player and any any pro athlete did, that would just send it over the moon. Yes, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Ooh. Thankfully for now, uh, we we can exhale. That, that, that that's not the case uh, so far. Oh yeah. Knock on wood. Oh yeah. But let's jump into it. Well, uh, so like we mentioned, NL West preview. If you've not listened to our other division previews, what we do is we go through each team alphabetically by city. So we're going to start with the Diamondbacks, go through all five teams, and then we are going to rank them at the end. And we have a couple other ideas too, maybe some awards. You threw out a really cool idea that I'm excited to try to jump into. We are a little crunched for time, but I feel like we can can get through this. So let's hop into it. You do it, buddy. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The only reason why I say that is for those that have not listened to Mike on the podcast, he and I both love to chat. We are both. We feel like we could both talk a talk a brick walls year off. And when you and I start talking to one another, we uh, we loved it. I feel like when we talked about me keeping a scorecard at that Phillies game last year, it took up the better part of to a better part of the game, maybe four or five innings. It felt like so. <laughs> let's jump into it. The Arizona Diamondbacks come in. They come in this year, having been quietly one of the better teams in September of two thousand nineteen. Um, they fell short of the playoffs. They kind of got torn up into that or not. They found themselves in that race where them and the Mets got really hot. The Cubs got ice cold. The Brewers, despite losing Christian Yelich, got hot. So the the Diamondbacks came short, but in the what we'll what we'll call the the anti-Trevor Bauer playoff format with the seven teams that Major League Baseball threw out there. Uh the Diamondbacks would have gotten in. They would have been the seven seed. So they come in having scored uh, 813 runs. They let up only 743, a positive run differential of about 70, which 
you know, comparatively to the Dodgers is is very vastly lower, but higher than the Mets with you know the great pitching they have, a little bit lower than the the Braves, the Nationals, and you know they made a couple additions through trades through free yeah, agency two big acquisitions. Ones. Two big ones. Yeah, they went out and traded for Starling Marte from the Pirates. We talked about them a couple weeks ago, and they're really I feel like they're they're in a position to really try to try to get after it this year. I, I agree. Uh, Mar- Starling Marte was a really uh, big addition, but uh, another big addition was uh, they, they kind of took uh, the ace from one of their rivals. Yeah. So Mad uh, Bum. Mad Bum, the state of the NL West. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's, uh, that's we kind of mentioned with different moves that happened. It's obviously the, the a trade that happened within this, di- or not within, but that came into this division probably is the, the more talked about acquisition but this is uh this takes an already pretty solid starting rotation that the the Diamondbacks sport and I feel like tips the scale a little bit in their favor they really love to pitch at home but they're not bad on the road and Bumgarner brings a veteran presence that you know that you really can't quantify in terms of an advanced stat a saber metric but he's gonna be fun to watch with this team and that I feel like those Diamondbacks Giants series are gonna be have a little extra to it. They're going to be a little fun. Oh, definitely add some juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the uh, w- one of the the benefits of uh, them going after Starling Marte, uh, it's going to be a great uh, top of the order with uh, you know Marte and Marte. But it's nice mm-hmm. because it it keeps uh, uh, Kettle Marte at second base. He doesn't have to play the outfield anymore this year. Like he'll, I'm sure he'll play a couple games in there. But it's nice that. Okay, like Kettle Marte knows he's going to be a second base. Starling's going to be in the outfield. And they're going to bat two and three in this lineup. That's yeah. not a bad lineup, I don't think. No. I think David Peralta is really one of the more like unheralded uh, boppers. I think David Peralta is very, uh, like, he has a lot of pop, uh, always will bat around 280, 285. Uh, very good player that you never hear anything about. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I feel like, I think it was banged up a little bit last year, so that might have been part of why he kind of fell off. But I feel like now, like you mentioned, they even if they had to use Kettle Marte in the outfield, they, they did make a couple other lower acquisitions. They got Cole Calhoun, who had a career year last year in L.A. for the Angels, um, who I don't know necessarily if he can perform to that level again, but it's always nice to see a guy that had 33 home runs last year get added to your team. So I feel like they're starting to kind of to build around the, the Marte and Escobar duo that had such a great season last year. Like you mentioned, Peralta's solid. Christian Walker, their first baseman, he's a really good kind of under-the-radar type of guy who I feel like he could make some noise. He almost had 30 home runs. I feel like maybe he gets closer to that 100 RBI mark with having such a stronger top of the lineup. And, you know, Nick Ahmed's still kicking around, and, and he's, you know, he's you know, he's pretty good. And they have they have a decent bench. I feel like that you're, you're, you hit the nail right on the head. This lineup... Could be pretty fun to see how they uh, how they develop. I feel like every year there's one or two guys that uh, in February all of these like baseball guys start kind of like oh like so and so could be a fantasy sleeper this yeah. year so much so where they kind of get a little bit overrated. Yeah, uh, and I'm looking at you, Carson Kelly. Uh, oh but, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Carson Kelly, I think is is going to be is is solid. Like he's not as like like. He's not a sleeper anymore. When yeah. everyone starts talking to you about like, oh, he's a sleeper, it could be 
underrated, like you start to start to tilt towards like, oh, you're properly rated right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny too with with fantasy catchers of like, if you miss out, they're like tight ends in fantasy football. If you miss out on the yeah. on the name brand ones, you're trying to like really sell yourself into like, oh my god, this guy had 18 home runs. He batted 245. That's pretty solid for a catcher. But then you think too, he's a he's a very solid defensive catcher that I feel like. Where in the National League you have the unaging Yadier Molina and JT Wilmuto really being those top tier, almost the, the the golden age of Gronk as a tight end, to use a fantasy football yep. term. That these these kind of guys, both in fantasy and in you know real, these games count baseball, they're still solid. And, and he, I don't know necessarily if he'd really go higher than maybe seventh, eighth in their lineup, just considering the top six they have, but... I mean, don't 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 sleep on him. <laughs> Be oh, funny, no. I guess. There <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, I will say, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll keep this quick. But the the fantasy league that uh, I am most invested in uh, was originally it was uh, my dad uh, was in it, and I was a co manager with him. Then I broke off to manage my own team. It's all my dad's friends, and I want to say. 10 years ago, my dad was like, I don't need this anymore. So he left the league, but okay. I'm still in it with like all of my dad's friends. That's awesome. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's an auction draft and it's yeah. in person. Oh, yeah. and it's my favorite day of the year. It's like a Super Bowl to me. That's awesome. And, uh, Do you hire an way, auctioneer? That we, no, uh, you, when you throw out a player, you have to like auction off the player that you throw it. So like it, oh. it travels around in a circle. Okay. But the way that it works is, you know, you have, it's not AL only or NL only, but yeah. it's not the entire league where it's the eight like division series playoff teams from the year previous. Plus each uh, owner, each manager throws out a team to be like in the, the pool. And then we draw like a wild card team the night before the draft. So it ends up being like almost like 19, I'd say teams and uh, 20 teams. It ends up being 20 teams. Whoa. And the D-backs were the team that I put in the pool this year because there are some people here that um, I'm interested in seeing how they do this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in a keeper league that's auction. So ours, now it's, we always had contracts, but now we added like a fantasy or a dynasty level to it of like, they had to have been drafted. They, you have to have drafted the player and they had to be in the minors when you drafted them and make their debut for the team within the year you drafted them to be eligible for that. But we used to increase their salary value, which kind of stunk because it, it really did price you out of certain players that you didn't feel like were in there. But now we're not. Um, but the reason bringing this back to it, what I was pausing on giving uh, an assessment of Nick Ahmed, it's because he's currently on a team in my league that's called Kyle's Team's Not Bad. So I almost said Nick Ahmed not bad, but uh, I felt like that would have been two on the money there. Um, I guess last thing, we kind of mentioned their, their pitching, but... I feel like their their starting staff's gonna be pretty solid. They have a decent back end with that Archie Bradley, Andrew Chafin one two or I guess two one. Chafin would be the setup guy, Bradley the closer. Um they have a couple other guys that might be able to to help, you know, move the ball along. They signed Hector Rendon. Um they have a few other guys that might be might be solid sixth or seventh inning guys. But I feel like that's kind yeah, of where I they hear might be. a lot of buzz about Kevin Ginkle. Okay. Yeah, I uh it's a name I've I've heard. It's a do my D-backs research. Yeah, he uh, I guess would be. He would be I guess a setup man. It looks like he was used in some setup situations along with Yoan Lopez. Um, same with Junior Gur uh, Guria Guria. 
Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Apologies there for mispronunci- for the mispronunciation, but that's par for the course for me. Gera. I, I think we'll uh, call it Gera. Gera, okay. Like, yeah, Gera, I mean, Gera. I mean, it's yeah. it's never a bad thing to have more setup guys than to not, because you could fall into a situation like exactly. the Phillies last year, where everybody you signed to be your setup uh, setup men all get hurt within the first month of the season. So. Load up now, boys. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like if there if there is one place to Absolutely. think to think that that might be an Achilles heel, it could be that. But this is also a team that that collected. They had three guys with over twenty holds, and Mike Leak nearly got, or Hector Rendon, excuse me, um, nearly got there, and obviously they just picked him up. But yeah, I think that 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 they might be solid on that end, maybe. You, you'd want Archie Bradley's ERA to be lower than 3.5, especially that whip near nearing 1.45. So maybe that's that's where you're you're saying this is where they need to improve. But I don't know. I feel like trading Granky last year they got a decent haul for that, and I feel like they're in a good position to still still be a competitive team. Yeah, I wonder how long it's going to be before we can definitively say who won the Goldie trade. Yeah, that's a that's a very good question or a very good point. That there's there's some that, that are almost instantaneous and baseball's fun because there's so many different players to be named later like Kyle Hendricks going to the Cubs for um shit who was it um but they tra- it was with it was a trade with um with the the Rangers I forget who the Cubs traded but then Kyle Hendricks turns out to be this this awesome player thrown in there or like the yeah. Phillies traded Travis Darno in the Roy Halladay trade. And the the Blue Jays still didn't think that there was that much value in this prized catcher and end up trading him to the Mets. And the Mets end up being the long-term winner of the Roy Halladay trade between the Phillies and the Blue Jays. So there's, yeah, that's a really good so, point. You never know. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, move on to the Rockies, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Colorado comes in having a down year, to say the least. Uh, they let up the most runs in the National League, second in baseball only to the Orioles. Um, that being said, they did score more runs than a number of NL playoff teams, including both the Cardinals, Brewers, and the oh no, the, the Atlanta still outscored them. But um, I flipped the uh, the five and the three on Colorado's runs. But they did outscore did outscore Arizona, Chicago, the Mets, the Phillies, a number of different teams. It's, but you know, there's obviously the course field aspect to it, which. The last couple of years, their pitching staff had really been able to hold off the the course field effect, and despite still letting up a ton of runs, they managed it, and their offense still was explosive. Last year, it kind of came to bite them back in the ass, and they nearly came in last place in the the Central with uh, sweeping the Padres over the last weekend of the series or last weekend of the season. Excuse me, um, Mike. How are you feeling about the Rockies coming into 2020? As, you know, this is a team that uh, before last year's, you know, really disastrous season, you know, they had made the playoffs the previous two years. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, yeah, last year was not good. Uh, Kyle Freeland, who uh, was fantastic in 2018, I believe he was top five in something. Really carried the pitching staff on his back. Just uh, had a really down year, was sent down to the minors for a bit, had to pitch out of the bullpen for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I think that they are definitely uh, crossing their fingers that, that are um, that, that Freeland can kind of have a more representative 
season, uh, you know, so, somewhere in the middle between 18 and 19, they'd hope. But see, look at this roster, and did they add anybody? Like, I don't, I, I, I'm just running back the same roster that we in 2019. Yeah, they um, it's pretty much unchanged, which is kind of the the fear if you're a Rockies fan, where you have Blackman, Story, and Arenado who all really mashed the ball last year, all hitting over 30 home runs. Nolan Arenado just continuing to be one of my favorite baseball players and getting over 40 homers. Um, but then, like David Dahl, for instance, batted 300, but he was banged up for a lot of last year. So you got to wonder. He's a key part of the middle of that lineup. If he stays healthy, that that should help. But guys that they they took some flyers on, like Ian Desmond, sure he had twenty homers, but two fifty five, where you're batting towards the middle middle and end of the lineup. Yeah, the power numbers are great, but that doesn't really, especially when you talk about the course field effect. If it's not translating to the road, it's tough to you know tough to see what is going on there. Um, speaking of inflating catchers, they really like to talk about Tony Walters as a big catching guy, or as a big catcher within the National League. And you know, I get it; he batted he batted two sixty, which is up there for catchers. But you know, I I just think again with the course field effect that, that he should be having higher power numbers if you're going to boast a high batting average for him. Yeah, for sure, and I think Rocky fans kind of saw the seasons that. Um, DJ LeMayu and to a lesser extent, Mike Talkman mm-hmm. had for the Yankees last year, probably like threw their hands up and said like, really? Like they're, yeah. they're, <laughs> they couldn't be, they, we, we couldn't have signed these guys back. Like they had to like have these great seasons on the Yankees. Well, and the crazy thing too, is the guys, not some of whom they didn't bring on last year, but some of the free agent pitchers that they got, like the Brian Shaw's of the world, the Wade Davis's, they had mm-hmm. abysmal seasons. And that was kind of their, their real stopper was having those two guys as a one, two punch. Shaw had an ERA of, of 5.38 and really did not look like the guy that we saw in Cleveland for for however many years. And Davis lost his role as a closer throughout last year. So I mean, where they want to get as, you know, as a pitching staff really needs to figure itself out. Scott Odberg is is you know, he's pretty solid and I think that he'll he could be a guy to to help this team out, uh, no matter where they put him, as in maybe a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, spot closer, he certainly can do do some damage. But um, you know, I I want to see a little bit more out of the rest of the team, other than you know some of these other guys that were thrown out there. I think a little, you know, a little, uh, um, you know, inside baseball. Uh, we uh, as we talk about baseball, yeah. Uh, the the other option for us to record today, like we said, oh, is either going to be the NL West or the AL Central? And it's funny how I comparing right now the situations with Arenado and with Francisco Lindor, where I feel like a lot of the story out of Colorado this year is going to be this drama between Arenado and the team. Mm-hmm. Is the team going to do enough? To, I know that Arenado signed this big contract last, uh, last offseason, but he's got to be like frustrated if they're not doing enough to build a team around him where they can make another run to the, to, you know, another Rocktober. Like they, they want another playoff run. He's too good to have never made the NLCS. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause you'd love to see it. And I don't think that they'd try to dish him out, but if there is, if it does really sour that terribly, who, who knows what happens there? Um, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see them be 
back in the competitive swing of things. I mean, they only scored 31 less run, 51, Jesus, I still can't do math, than, than the Dodgers, who we talked about how great they were last year. And, you know, it's it's something where they just got to, I think everybody just needs to pick themselves it's all gonna up. It's going to come down to pitching, G-Man. Like, it's yeah. going to come down Oof. to pitching with the Rockies. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a really uh, spicing hot take. But no, no, if, no. If they're able to kind of right the ship on the bump, I think that they can surprise some teams. No, for sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where they were at a couple years ago, where they had themselves – that first year they made the playoffs and kind of shocked a bunch of teams where they weren't really supposed to do that. They were supposed to have this kind of amp pitching staff, and they ended up surprising a bunch of teams. So they could very well be back into uh, into that spot. But, yeah, I you know, I hope – I like I mentioned – Big fan of uh, Nolan Arenado. Oh, of course. Yeah. You, you got you to love Nolan Arenado. Oh, yeah. But let's, uh, yeah, let's keep this thing rolling. Um, next, yeah. team, next team we got up are the Los Angeles Dodgers, the f- former, or the team, not former, team of my late grandmother. She was a huge Dodgers fan. Been to Dodger Stadium a couple times. It's wonderful. Great stadium. Uh, they came off. A 106 season or a 106 win season uh, to fall short in the NLDS to the eventual World Series champion, the Nationals, uh, and the Dodgers. Big series. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, and they um, they made one of the biggest trades of the offseason in acquiring Mookie Betts from the Red Sox, and yeah. look like they're poised to really get after this this year and. You know, maybe make up for uh, some of the scandals that happened in previous World Series. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 going to be interesting for sure. Um, I I think that uh, by the end of this season, if uh, you know, it, it, injuries are always a big thing. But if, if the Dodgers stay healthy, if you look at the standings, uh, it's it's going to look. Uh, it might look as ugly as uh, it might look as beaten up as as the weekend's face on Saturday Night Live over the weekend. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a great reference. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh they're so good. They're they're really, like there there isn't a hole in the lineup. Um, I think one thing that you can say about the Dodgers is so uh, the 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 Peterson trade fell through. So mm-hmm. Peterson's still on the team right now. So you have three guys in. Uh, in Jack Peterson, uh, Chris Taylor, and Kike Hernandez, that I feel like would start most places. And so, uh, are there going to be enough ABs to keep everyone happy? Like that's really, I I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point because they've done this for the last couple of years now, where they've gone plug and play, and they're able to move different guys around the diamond, around the outfield, or both. In the case of a guy like Cody Bellinger. Um, and just trying to plug and play where they've gone, and it works for the. Or it has worked, but you're absolutely right in throwing that out there that Peterson was supposed to be on the move, and then now they bring him back. And is he really going to be that happy, or, or how is it going to go on, or does he just say, "All right, I'm still here. This is a really good team. Let's go." Um, all that being said, they still return this team that, like you mentioned, is just so much fun to watch no matter who is playing what position. Um, and I think health does become a, a big factor. You mentioned that because we've seen 
Justin Turner missed some time over the last couple years. We saw Corey Seager uh, miss a significant amount of time two years ago, but then had a pretty solid year when he when he uh, was pretty healthy or when he was healthy last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, Chris Taylor, you mentioned it. He's a guy who has been kind of under the radar. This guy that you might take a flyer on in a fantasy or in a fantasy league or that when the when he's bad as hot, the Dodgers can just plug him in there. But the keeping players happy with the amount of play, especially having acquired one of the biggest names in baseball, one of the superstars in Mookie Betts, is going to be something that, that may become a storyline of how does this go, especially if they're not off to a meteoric rise you know, through April and May. And I'm also very interested to see, you know, which David Price are they getting? That's a very good point. <laughs> uh, we forgot to mention him within that trade, that David Price gets thrown in there and his monster contract. And, yeah, he uh, he had a lot of problems with the Boston media. And some people were throwing out L.A. not as bad. L.A. is the second biggest city in the world. And the Dodgers are, unless the Lakers are making a... a deep run, which they could. I mean, they're, they're in first place right now, but um, they are, they are one of the city's favorite teams and they're, they're talked about a ton, especially as the summer goes on. So if he's, if we're not, if we're getting start of the season for some of those years in Boston, David Price, uh, it could, could be a very tumultuous relationship. Uh, I I think, Oh, you know, we, we talk about health. You look at this starting rotation and, you know, Walker Bueller is, is fantastic. Uh, Kershaw, Kershaw, you know, is usually pretty durable. We'll, we'll miss too many starts. But if you look at the start, looking at the back end of the rotation, where, you know, Price has spent some time on the IL recently. Uh, Alex Wood is one of those guys who... Yeah, he's had you know, problems. He's on the bump. Like, he's he's good. But, like, the, the problem is, you know, is he a guy that can start, you know, 25 games? Yeah. Remember he had all those blister problems a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yep, that's uh, yep. that's not the screw around uh, with. And then, yeah, Urias is an unknown. So I, I think that, um, you know, the, their pitching is definitely going to be uh, the biggest question mark, especially, yeah. you know, considering you, you look at this offense and you look at guys like Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock, Gavin Lux, um, Max Muncy. Like, they're going to hit the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and kind of to continue on your pitching point of – they have they have guys that they have moved in and out of the rotation like Urias, like Ross Stripling, who at one point had enough starts that his ERA led the National League by almost a point and a half. Uh, I think that was two two years ago or last year. But then they also have they have Joe Kelly, who they they had gotten from the Red Sox a year ago. Uh, they have Blake Trinan. The, what do you think of the Trinan? Yeah, what do you think yeah. of the the, the, the Trinan thing? I think it's really interesting because he had kind of a weird run. At the end of his time, at the end of a time with Oakland, of figuring out where where he was, I think he lost his job as as the closer for a little bit. Um, but I mean, if he doesn't need to, if Kenley Jansen stays healthy, he doesn't need to be the guy, you know. And it's not potentially right. every once in a while doing this the opener and all that stuff. So maybe he finds it finds his groove as an eighth or seventh inning guy and ends up having a lights out year because that I mean that's that could be pretty good for them. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much you can say about the Dodgers. Yeah, they're gonna, exactly. They're going to be good. They'll win over 100 games. They're going to have the division locked up by the middle of August. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think the best way to put it is they had the NL starter in the All Star game on their starting rotation 
and now he plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, so that's how much confidence they have in the rest of their team <laughs> as a front office. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's well as like remember like in the mid the early and mid two thousands that was the Cardinals. They always locked it up that quickly. I feel like that's like you said. We might just start start referring to like September seventh as Los Angeles Dodgers clinching day for the next how or for however many years. Um, but let's move on to the uh, the Saint cities. We start with San Diego, the Padres, who I I don't know if I'm if I'm falling into a, into a bit of a trap, but I feel like on paper they can continue to make this rise that they started to go on last year and it didn't work out. They still finished last in their division, but they have all these exciting games. Yeah. Do you, do you have the stat handy of where were they when Tatis went down? I think they were like above 500. They, they were, were right in the wild card race. Yeah. And then Tatis was out for the year and then they kind of free fell from there. Yeah. That's, I think that's almost exactly what it is. I don't have the exact stat, but I think they were in third and I think they, they might've been, in the second wild card and then fell off the bat or fell off the face of the earth. When, uh, when Tatis went down, they pick up Tommy Pham, which he, I feel like is a huge jolt to that lineup. Manny Machado, you got to think has to have a better end of the year than he did last year. He had one of the, one of the lower batting average and slash lines in the national league. Uh, I think from August 1st on so at some point in August, um, but yeah, they, they continue to bring back the you know these names. Uh, Will Myers is there. They got Yerkes and Profar, who subtly has become this middle infielder. He was with the Rangers a couple years ago. He was with I think it was Seattle last year or Oakland, um, and hit twenty homers. He did. He's not a batting average guy, but this guy, if there's a couple guys on base, he can clear the bases. Really good slugging percentage. Just needs to work on that that uh... uh he's a guy he's a guy who's been in like the rangers farm system forever yeah. and was always like oh is this gonna be the year where uh profar kind of breaks out yeah and then, yeah yeah you know elvis andrew elvis andrews plays 160 games I'm like well i guess profar's not gonna get his, his chance yeah he was uh and when andrews got hurt a couple years ago he was a guy who on the daily fantasy side of things was only like two thousand bucks which is a complete bargain but like was completely out outperforming that just, but because of the supply and demand of good shortstops and in across baseball, which of course there are, are a lot of good shortstops, his price just never went up. So he was always a sleeper. If you wanted to uh, get a get a power hitter who was playing in Colorado or something, he he helped uh, get your average there. But not to t- continue diving down the the fantasy list, um, their rotation I think is solid. They have a great back end with Kirby Yates. A guy who I thought maybe when they were starting to really fall off, maybe he was going to get thrown around to the deadline. And they thankfully held on to him because that really is going to uh, continue to, to help their team go go on the rise. Emilio Pagan, another great reliever. Um, and yeah, I think Chris Paddock is, is due for another solid year. Uh, 333 ERA. I think, uh, you know, I think he could, he could go off. Uh, Lucheski, Joey Lucheski, who almost sounds like He's Joey from the Circle's long-lost California brother. Um, he could go off on a, on another year as well. Zach Davies had a really good year last year. I, you know, I again, I feel like I might be falling into a trap, but I feel like this team could be like that that pre-Tatis injury and and surprise a lot of a lot of teams. 
uh, a new uh, n- new manager in town, Chase Tingler. Yes, uh, he's been uh, he's been talking a lot. I feel like this preseason, this spring training, about uh, really liking what uh, Drew Pro- Drew Pomeranz can give them. That's another uh, uh, offseason acquisition. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pomeranz kind of slides into the eighth inning role there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot that he uh, he was with San Diego. Um, or back with San Diego, I should say. But, um, yeah, and then my my favorite, the ultimate Jordy mispronunciation that long-time listeners will remember this, uh, Denelson Lament, who I called Denelson for the longest time, <laughs> uh, he probably is going to be right at the back end of the rotation. He can th- he can throw some hard stuff. He's about, he's over strikeout per inning guy. I mean, he could, uh, he could surprise some people too. I, I really like this team. I think, uh, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, tilt my cards where I'm going to put them partially because I'm not entirely sure, but they're another team that could be right there of, you know, a number of fantasy guys. And I don't know, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I ha- I'm going to pull up when we do our rankings of, of over unders partially because I'm charging my phone right now to use as a third screen for over unders. But I feel like this might be a, a pretty good value pick there. Uh, I feel like, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I feel like this is a put up or put up or shut up year for Will Myers. That's a really Will good Myers point. Will Myers is like on the, is teetering right now. Yeah, that's a really good point because he's been a guy for years that's been when he was with Tampa and then he gets traded to San San Diego, and it was this guy is the next big thing. It's going to be this is his year, and I'm going to pull up his last couple of years because last year he batted two thirty nine and. I think he was hurt a little bit. He only he only had 435 RBI, or uh, that'd be an awesome year. 435 at bats. So I think he was hurt a little bit, but yeah, he um, I think he was too. Yeah, but yeah, in 18 he was, and 17, 17 he bad 243. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is something that off that year where he hit 30 homers and he's only hit 29 since then. That this is something that we need to see. All right, what what are we really getting out of you? And I don't know. I don't know if yeah. there's if it's a you go out and maybe try to package him in some sort of deal and you know say you know cut your losses. I, I don't know what the right the right answer is, but that's a really good point. Uh, also, they they lose two outfielders that uh, at a point they were pretty high on in in Manuel Margot and mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro are both uh, out of town now. Yeah, um, yeah. Margot, Margo, I think, was in the was Margot was in the Tommy Pham deal. I, mean. I believe he was. Yeah, I mean, he's the fourth outfielder now in, in Tampa. Yeah, which uh, adds a really interesting layer there. But yeah, Margot was a guy who they were really high on, and I don't know if it's a you're taking this flyer on Pham and and how well he did with Tampa last year, and maybe figuring something out there because Pham's had now a couple great back to back to back seasons. Of and I had the stat in front of me. Let me see if I can find it again. Of just being able to put up solid, solid numbers. But yeah, I feel like this this team. I just in, I'm pulling this up and seeing Chris Paddock becoming a fan favorite, and I don't know this. They could be fun to see where they end up going. Um, very excited for them. But should we move on? Should we go to the Giants? Talk about your boy Gabe. Gabe the Babe getting a job in San in San Francisco after going just two games under 500 in two years as the Phillies manager. 
Uh, he made history in hiring the first female assistant coach in baseball history. Um, but with this team losing Madison Bumgarner, who to say is a all-time giant is putting him at almost a disservice. But, you know, they return a lot of the names that you've become accustomed to. They return Mike Yastrzemski, who is Carl Yastrzemski's relative. And there was that whole story last year of them playing the, the Red Sox. Um, grandson, and, I believe. Yeah, I think it's grandson. I didn't want – I wasn't sure if it was grandson it or great. I looked it up. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Appreciate that. But they – yeah, then their rotation is relatively the same outside of losing – Madison Bumgarner, they brought in Drew Smiley, who spent a, a decent amount of time last year with the Phillies. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to think that this team's, you know, how far over the hump are the Giants comparatively to, you know, where they were winning a World Series six years ago and, and being competitive for a couple different years. Um, but it's it's tough to think that with these other teams in this division and how well on paper they can do with all these different names getting to be a year older and, you know, Belt, Longoria, Posey, Brandon Crawford, I'm not sure how much of an impact that'll make of experience versus just on-paper brilliance. So, (laughs) here's my take on the Giants after looking over their roster, after doing some... Uh, research for the fantasy draft. Yeah. Uh, and the, the Giants are a very good team if this was 2014. <laughs> yes. Coincidentally, the last year they won the World Series. They're like, all of these guys between, you, you know, you started naming them, where Posey, Belt, uh, Longoria, uh, Sandoval still on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, that They're one of their big, you know, their big acquisitions over the off season. They brought back Hunter Pence. Yep. Like, I'm surprised that Joe panic isn't still on this team. Like this is just like, this is like, a this is a team that just, you know, all the names. So you're like, Oh, they should be pretty good. And then you're like, Oh, but like all the names are on like, the low end of like the, the bell curve where like their, their best days are behind them. Yeah, uh, you know, but Buster Posey, I have all the respect in the world for Buster Posey. Great defensive catcher, uh, is still gonna, you know, do some things offensively. But I mean, the guy's had single-digit home runs over the last two years. Like mm-hmm. he's not, you know, he's he's not the the MVP candidate Buster Posey we remember from, you know, his his heyday. No, like this is an old veteran team. Uh, you know, baby Yaz is exciting, yes. but you know, they, they, they went through a stretch last year where, you know, it was Bochy's last year and they, uh, I think I had like three, uh, like a three walk-off weekend and it was very like exciting times, uh, in San Fran, but, uh, you know, Cueto and Samarja as your one and two starters again, like this is, <laughs> this team would have been excellent. In 2014, in oh, yeah. 2020, like I, I, they're 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 not good. Like there's not a lot to get excited about the San Francisco Giants right now. Yeah. Who's closing for them? We don't know. Like right now, it's to be Tony. Gone. There's only 
there's only one Will Smith in the, in the division now. Yeah. Uh, it's just not, yeah, it's a really good point. Um, <laughs> it's just, I, I can't imagine watching a lot of San Francisco Giants games this year. No. And to any of uh, anyone listening that's a Giants fan, I apologize, but I just, I, I think your, your, your team is, is, is kind of a bunch of nothings right now. Yeah. I think it, it's like the, 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 to use personal experience, the Phillies in 2015, where they weren't, it was the exact opposite. It was just a bunch of guys Still had who. Utley, and Howard and so, yeah, all those guys. No, so Durango, it was the first. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the first year without Utley or Rollins. They both left. Right. I think they traded one and they didn't re-sign the other. Uh, I think they traded Utley to the Giant or to the Dodgers uh, and didn't re-sign Jimmy Rollins. But Cole Hamels and, and Ryan Howard were still on the team, and throughout that whole season, basically from the start of it, was. Not a question of if the Phillies would dish out Cole Hamels at the trade deadline, but when would they trade him? And I don't know if if somebody's in the market to add if Samarja or Cueto's doing well and you know they want to add try to add a guy for you know a fifth starter or fourth starter because they want to just get you know a, a guy who has some experience in into the mix. Um, you know, Cueto obviously having being a World Series champion himself from the Royals days, but you know, I I don't really. But he had he had a five ERA last year. Like Samarja had a three three point five, but another year older, another year of you know tough a tough team around him, and I think that it eventually gets to you. I feel like, and I get that he made all the starts, but even at one hundred and eighty innings pitched, he only had one hundred and forty strikeouts. And I feel like he's starting to lose his stuff a little bit. And it's, I don't know, it's its going to be tough. And to answer your question of who's slated to be their closer, currently it's Tony Watson, who has been on the team for a few years now, was previously with Pittsburgh, and is 35, or he's turning 35 this year. So, yeah, this is just age. Age is the, the name of the game for San Francisco right now. So, Kapler, if... He wants to use his analytics and figure out a bunch of different stuff of when to to not bring in a lefty against a left-handed batter and all the crazy stuff he tried to explain to the Philadelphia media last year. I feel like he this is a good opportunity to to hide in a year that does not really have that that high of expectations for the San Francisco Giants. I will say that their outfield is young with Dickerson, yeah, Yaz, that's and fair. Tucker, I think could be it could be a good outfield. Uh, Mauricio Dubon as their second baseman, like he's, you know, uh, uh, you know. All due respect to him, he's not Joe Panic. So you know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're they're expecting good things out of him. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I I feel like that's that's the other thing. I feel like we might start to hear about other young guys coming up that you know end up making some sort of impact because I feel like one of those guys of that that core of Belt, Longoria, Posey, Crawford. Someone ends up getting injured, or you know, it's long term because of age, or something like that. Um, and it ends up, you know, we end up hearing about the next great Giants first baseman, or whatever it happens to be. So that's a really good point too, the youth and the fact that they've been reloading for a little bit, and, and what they might be able to throw out on paper. The Billy Hamilton is on the Giants. Is he really? Holy shit! Yeah, he is on the Giants. I so <laughs> he'll be good. he'll be good for like twenty steals. <laughs> He'll be good for 20 steals, but he... I had him in fantasy a couple years ago, 
and he well he's he's a one he's a complete one stat guy <laughs> one stat guy and his batting average is just abysmal like he he gets all these steals because basically he either gets walked or somehow backs his way into getting it some sort of single my god that is insane um yeah Wilmer Flores hanging out on this team this is the all mid 2010s baseball team <laughs> yeah, right, right. like Drew Smiley remember I'm the looking year at their bench. like I said I'm looking at their bench of Pence Flores Sandoval and Hamilton oh my like, god what, what year is it yeah you they have Kevin Gosman who is always you know been yep, yep. yeah Drew remember the I think it was like 2013 Drew Smiley was like 11 and 1 with the twins everybody thought this is the next guy and then he like fell off and stayed yep. with the twins for a while but yeah, he, uh, they're not, actually, he was, I shouldn't say that, because he was actually one of the Phillies' brighter spots on their, their pitching rotation when Aaron Nola was having his, his ups and downs in, in August last year. Um, yeah, so Gabe, Gabe at least has, like, as one of his guys in there, but, yeah, let's, uh, it sounds like we know who's coming in fifth in the division. <laughs> sounds like we're both in the yeah, same boat, the Giants. I think so, I think yeah. so. Um, who do you have fourth? Um, I am going to slot in, uh, the Colorado Rockies in fourth. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sad to do that as well. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm high on the potential of their offense, but their pitching is the, of the, the biggest show me that we've talked about with anybody that's put up or shut up their pitching staff is their pitching staff is currently serving a 10 minute misconduct penalty. If we're going to use, uh, put it in terms of hockey terms of, of different, different threat levels. Um, so I, I agree with you there. Uh, I'm going to go San Diego three just because I, I don't think that they get higher than what Arizona could do. Uh, I think that there is the potential for them to be, a, to be a number two team in, in the NL West. But I just think with a lot of question marks comparatively to what we've seen with Arizona and, and some of the additions that they made, um, obviously the two big ones, but I like the Calhoun potential to not necessarily hit 33 home runs again, but I think uh, I think he's going to make a, a nice impact on that team. I feel like his RBI numbers might go up at the sacrifice of home runs. Uh, I am going to be boring and agree with you yeah. <laughs> that I see the Padres coming in third place. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's I don't know necessarily if it's boring or not because I feel like we're both. We're both very high on the Padres, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that aren't or think that last year was a blip in the legacy of the Nolan Arenado era, the Trevor Story era in Colorado, and that they figure it out. But I don't know. I feel like uh, that pitching staff is is tough to uh, get over with how bad they were last year. Honestly, though, like, and I can say this for for the D-backs also, the Snakes, that you, know, you can kind of flip a coin between those two teams. Um, I, I would not be shocked if their win total falls anywhere between, I'll say, 75 and 88. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to pull up. Let me pull up the uh, the over-unders. Well, uh, that, um, so you, your Padres 3, Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks 2, and that leaves... Uh, and D-backs 2. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of just veteran presence in, in Arizona. I think that uh, they'll be uh, steady. Uh, they're not going to set the world on fire. Uh, I, I, I'm not uh, predicting them for a wild card spot. I think uh, 
it'll be it'll go to uh, an NL East and an NL Central team. But uh, yeah, I, I have uh, I have Arizona coming in second. Yeah, I, the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah, in first by uh, a, a large margin. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on on that. It's probably going to be a East or Central team, and possibly two out of one, out of either division. Uh, but I wouldn't sleep on on Arizona making some noise. Their over under is eighty two and a half, which the public currently loves because it's minus one forty three to take that. Um, so not a or no, those the Padres that we said could be some value. Let's let's find theirs. Um, if you're really a if you're really fading the the Diamondbacks, you can make some money on it. Yeah, Padres eighty one and a half. So basically, will they finish above five hundred or not? Uh, I feel like they could be like an 82-83 win ball club. Sure. I think they can. Yeah. Whether or not they will, I think, depends on how many games the Dodgers end up winning um, and really how, how well some of the other teams do. Theirs is over under over under 100.5, which I'm actually going to take. I think the Dodgers are going to stay healthy and are going to uh, going to... This might be... I keep referring to a number of things as the next 2014 San Antonio Spurs run. Uh, but I think this is the, the biggest lock to be that next uh, revenge tour in professional sports. Yeah, I I, I, I am with you on that, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Or some of the fun stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're, uh, you know, combining stadium snacks and bleachers creatures as we have in the last couple. Because for one, I have not been able to find any new stadium snacks here in Philly or really any of them. Uh, maybe they're coming out in the next week or so. Um, but do you, did you find any, any new foods coming out in 2020? Uh, nothing. Uh, I, as I was, uh, messaging you while I was there, uh, I was actually at the, uh, Rangers flyers game, uh, last Sunday. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, no, nothing, uh, nothing too exciting, but, at the at the at the mecca, the world's most famous arena, but yeah. uh, I'm always on the lookout. Oh yeah, I was too. I how was many at... how many times have you how many times have you been uh, seen a game at uh, at MSG? Um, just one hockey game, no basketball, or maybe I've seen a college basketball game there. My dad and I went I... over 20 years ago. Um, I think it might have been 20 years ago to the to the year. Um, or to the date on Leap Day. It might have been Leap Day, Flyers-Rangers. It was the same thing, though, as you. It was a Sunday afternoon game. Um, we drove up, drove back. But I've been to the Garden a couple times. I've, I've obviously taken Penn Station a billion times. Um, I've gone to the Melrose games when they were at MSG. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe I've seen St. John's play up there. I always wanted to go to the Big East tournament in its heyday, and I never got a chance to get there. Um, but I, that's, that's one... Um, that I want to get back to. At one point, we were... So the the Lehigh Lafayette game six years ago this fall was in New York, and we stayed near the Garden. And the Sixers happened to be playing the Knicks there. And both teams... This is the peak of the process. um, And I don't don't think the Knicks were much better. And the tickets were still like $150, even for nosebleeds. So it was a little tough there for uh, being just out of college. So... That's one now that I'm a little, you know, have a little more uh, money in the bank to maybe find a Sixers game or a Flyers game or something to come back up to. But that's that's one of that's that's a fun place to check out if you have not. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a Rangers fan. I, I'm just. Yeah, I'm a casual uh, hockey guy. I yeah. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy. You know, watching hockey games. But I don't really have a team. But it would have been nice. I like, <laughs> like two games after I went was uh, the the game where uh, Sabanajad scored five goals. Oh my god! <laughs> cool so, to see. Uh, cool, cool to see that one. So I was at the Flyers game on Thursday night when this game's being played, and yeah, we. So the Flyers right now are game be, are now a, a point behind the Capitals because the Capitals played last okay. night and lost in overtime, like they did to the Rangers. And at the entering Thursday. The Flyers were once again a point behind Washington, and the Flyers won. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes, and which is big, you know, take care of a divisional opponent. And I go meet up with Maddie D and his wife at a bar that's behind one of the sections. It's where her family has season tickets, so they and her parents go away in the winter. So she, she and Matt get most of them. Her two of her sisters now live back here, so sometimes they get them. But I go meet him after the game for a beer, and all the TVs have the Rangers-Capitals game on, and I swear that it felt like you would have thought that this was New York City, of how crazy we were going when Zibanejad's <laughs> scoring, because if they had won in, in regulation, the Flyers would be ahead of them. And then they end up going to, to OT, and Zibanejad scores, and the bar explodes. It was incredible. Um yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, yeah, some of the additions to the Wells Fargo Center. I think we've talked about some, but they have some new food in there that I've done a couple Instagram posts. But the one I did this weekend, I went to an XFL game, and it was DC Defenders hosting the the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the chicken tenders there. You're running run of the mill stadium chicken tenders. You know, nothing, not overly crispy or you know, really you know anything to write home about. Except the name was a great pun. It was. They were called the DC Detenders. I thought that was great. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, so almost made me almost made me pull the trigger, but I was not hungry. Um, but that was a cool stadium too. It's right by Nats Park in the Navy Yard in DC, uh, which is like exploding from the first time I went to went to Nats Park like six or seven years ago to what it is now. It's it's pretty cool to see that development. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, I I. I... That sounds like a sounds like a fun time. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, one that I did pull because I've done a couple of the beer updates at Citizens Bank Park, and I'm sure this version of Yingling will be available. But Yingling is now the official lager of the Philadelphia Phillies, and they're releasing a special retro Phillies can. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Yingling's obviously a, one of my one of my favorite beers out there, being a you know from Pennsylvania and everything, and. Being, calling themselves America's oldest brewery, which I think somebody debunked. They're not actually, but still great. And the brewery's like an hour away from Lehigh, so this, you know, always had to have it there, along with our Natty Lights. Uh, so transitioning back to the NL West, uh, I came up with the idea yes. that uh, we should try to come up with uh, the all-division team. I love this idea. You sent this to me probably a couple hours before, and I did, and I had to finish on my work day. So I did not finish. So I didn't write down all my players. I've been writing down some as we've been talking about different teams, but I'm very excited to talk about this with you. Um, how do you want to do it? Do you want to do just one per position, or do you want like how many? I guess we'll just figure it out as we yeah, as yeah, we we'll go. Do, yeah, we'll do um, all the all the 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 eight starting field positions. Uh, a util guy, starting pitcher, closing pitcher. Ooh, I like it. All right, um, where do you want to start with catchers? 
Let's move with catchers. All right. Um, do you? Uh, um, I th- I th- so I think that there there are kind of two one two to choose from here. Two big ones. Yeah. Um, I'll go with uh, for mine. I'll go with uh, Will Smith. No, uh, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid choice. Um, yeah, he uh, is probably one of the more one of the more popular ones out there. Um, yeah, I'm probably. I guess I'll go with Carson Kelly just to to. Mm-hmm. You know, diversify out yeah, the. That was, that was my, that was yeah, to diversify out the uh, the picks there and not go total chalk because I feel like a couple of these we might go go full chalk, but I guess we can keep it rolling snake snake draft style for me. Uh, yeah, go with, go to first base. Bob. Yeah, first base. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cody Bellinger. Okay, so you're 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 counting him. At, yeah, uh, at, at first. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was a question I was gonna throw out because I could also go Muncie. Um, almost as a one-two, but yeah, I guess I'll throw him out as a first baseman. Oh, oh that's fine. Uh, I'll go with uh, Christian Walker then. As okay, I like that a lot. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sticking with uh, with Dodgers and D-backs so far. Yeah. Uh, as we move to second base, uh, I don't know about you, but that's not going to change for me. Uh, I'm taking uh, uh, Cattell Marte. Yeah, that's who I had written down, but uh, to keep the keep the the theme of diversification alive um he plays more third base i almost went with a with another another diamondback um in eduardo escobar but um i'll go damn this starts to really get uh a little tougher to go i'll go um yeah i hmm. i oh, mean look little gavin lux yeah Easy. Yeah, let's go with yeah. Let's throw him out there. Yeah, let's let's take a flyer on the rookie. Who's uh? I like it. I yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, but I, if you I had to go to if, third or short next, um, we'll do uh, we'll, we'll do natural natural numbers. We'll you go know, third base. That, uh, yeah, it's the way that uh, us official scores know yeah. how the, the infield goes. Yeah, four goes to five. Yeah, I feel like we might have the same player here. It's your pick. Oh, it's my pick. Uh, yeah, I'm going Nolan Arenado. I, I knew you would. That's why I had Manny Machado written down. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Ready to go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Shortstop. All right. Shortstop is mine. Um, and uh, it's like a uh, shortstop is such a deep position. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, I can I can name this three division. that you're going to have really yeah. good years. But uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to go for one of the most exciting players in baseball. And I really hope that. Uh, we get to see uh, him be healthy this year, mm-hmm. more of him than we saw last year, because uh, I want to see a full year of uh, Mr. Tatis Jr. Oh, so yeah. Give me Fernando Tatis Jr. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I had both him and the other the other one I was going to pick, and I'm going to go with Corey Seager in that case. Uh, and, and that's another one. I'd love to see him be healthy for another year because he, he is electric when he's at 100%. Um, all right. Uh <laughs> Do, uh, let's do, uh, we'll do outfield. So we just do, do we want to do three outfielders? Cause I don't have left, yeah, you, yeah, you left center, three. right. In no, my... just outfield, outfield, outfield. Like, yeah. Okay. We're fantasy team. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I, that's where, when I was asking, how do we want to do it to, uh, how do we want to break it down? But if we're going to go with me first, I'll go with, uh, Charlie Blackman as my first pick. <laughs> you, I'm gonna take the guy who's probably gonna win the NL MVP. Uh, give me uh, Mookie Betts. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, and then I guess it's back to you. 
Uh, okay. Um, give me. Uh, I'll do. Uh, uh, baby Yaz. Ooh, fun! That's awesome. I'm gonna do uh, Starling Marte then, but that's a great pick. Did not. That's a. Uh, that's where okay. I. Fo- in the as a quick aside in my um in the keeper league, I always end up falling short on trying to find good uh good young prospects to hold on to. Um, it's a big part of the strategy of holding onto a couple dollars here and just throwing out a one dollar auction bet at the very end. Always screw that up, but hopefully not this year. <laughs> um, is it back to you though, or is it? Do I get two? your your last uh, your last outfielder? Okay, my last outfielder. Uh, let's go with. I would have loved to be able to divide this by division. There's so many American leaguers as I pull this up. Um. And so many players I've already talked about on the podcast that I forgot they moved to different teams, like Nicholas Castellanos. No, I didn't talk nicely about you, David Dahl, so I'm not going to take you. Um, that would be a little tough. Um, all right, another another page. This is great radio here. Um, you know what? I'm going to go... Huh. I guess dig a little deep here. And go with I'm gonna go with David Peralta. Round out that oh, you uh mother. <laughs> yeah. Round round out the uh the Diamondbacks uh collection. Uh, yeah, you, you snaked <laughs> my guy right, right, right uh, underneath me. Oh uh, um Alright, so uh, let me go with Um do uh let's why not uh cole calhoun okay yeah that's a good one i almost yeah, went aj pollock i feel like he might he might be in yeah, for yeah a decent season um yeah how yeah. how do we want to do pitchers three starters and two bullpen oh uh, i'll do uh well no no i'll do um uh, a, a util guy right now oh that's right yeah, here's yeah. the thing with with the util guy like we can't be like oh my utility guy is gonna be trevor story yeah, it has to like actually be a utility guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I'm gonna go with uh, Ryan McMahon from uh, the the Rockies. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, let me take a quick. Uh, everywhere. Let me take a quick look at, at the benches. Um, I, I am left you with. Go... I think it left you with a couple of good Dodgers to choose from. Yeah, their, you uh, absolutely did. Other guys. Yeah. Um, like, does Jock Peterson count as one, or like Chris Taylor? I'll go with Chris Taylor. I like I, him a lot. I say Taylor more than Peterson is yeah. a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the I'm the site I'm on has a has a Peterson on the bench. That's why I asked. But um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, like, I'm gonna go with Taylor. I, I yeah, because like he plays. He can like play all band, over. And a guy like Taylor can. Yeah, you know, guy who plays. Kind of penciled anywhere. Guy who uh, who's listed for three or more positions on the. Uh, yeah, on the, you on the know, Marwin Gonzalez, Ben yeah. Zobrist back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. I, yeah, I'll go with. Yeah, Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez could have been a good one too, but I like Taylor a lot. I will do uh, a one starter, one closer. Love it. Um, is it you or me first? Uh, I'm going to go with one. Uh, this is a nostalgia pick, but I feel like he still is uh, in for a good season. I'm going to go with Clayton Kershaw just because I saw his first win Ooh. in person. But I feel like I left a, a wide okay. door open on, on who to take. I, I, I will. Uh... I'll take his mate at the top of yeah. that rotation. I'll take Walker Bueller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a pick with the heart, not with the head. But I feel like uh, 
anybody wearing uh, Dodger blue and, aside from uh, my closer, uh, give me the uh, uh, give me Kirby Yates. Ooh, all right. I'm gonna take Kenley Jansen then. <laughs> there, uh, there we go. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, put a poll up in the uh, in the uh, the Facebook group about uh, which uh, you know which NL West uh, all, all team division roster is the better the stronger ones. So. I love it. We'll see what uh, we'll see what the fans say. I love it. Yeah, we'll absolutely throw that up tomorrow when the show goes up. But Mike, I know you got to run, so we'll wrap this up. I appreciate you coming on, man. This is this was a ton of fun, and we'll definitely have you back on during the season to host to guest host another show. I'm sure. Anytime, brother. You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm ready. Oh yeah. All right. Well, for my man Mike Clark, I am Jordy Cannell. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. The bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Have a great week, everybody. We'll be back on Friday as we're recording the AL Central on Thursday night. But everyone have a good one, and let's go Flyers. Kind of hot.